G'day team, it's Matt here in Western Australia. Fire them cannons. Bucks win. How good's that? Now, I want to tell you a story. When I was young, on the farm, we, uh, we, had, we had an old ute, an old Holden ute, that uh, was a bit rusty. And some days it didn't go so well. But uh, a bit of elbow grease, a bit of hard work. And, uh, and it got working just fine. And I reckon that's what we'll say over the coming weeks, is a bit of rust off the boys. And, uh, and, and they'll get to that hard work. Certainly, the penalties was a killer. But, back in, we won. Good start to the season. Go Bucks! You are Locked On Buccaneers. Your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What's up, and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast, free and on all platforms. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we are doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JYarko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. We'd like to welcome in all of our new and returning listeners. If you're new to the show, please subscribe, leave a five star review. It does help other Buccaneers fans find us. And of course, if you are looking, for a Sunday pregame show that talks about every game and every team in depth, check out the Locked On NFL Sunday show live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern. No sketches, no celebrity cameos, no fluff, just football every Sunday morning with hosts Cody Rourke and Ross Jackson. Follow and subscribe to the Locked On Live on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Don't forget to turn on notifications and be notified when the show goes live every Sunday at 11 a.m. This is our day after episode. And I know it's kind of weird because our last episode was on Friday and this one's three days later, but that's because the Buccaneers played on Thursday night and they won, which means you enjoyed your Sunday and your Sunday night and you'll enjoy Monday night knowing that your Buccaneers are undefeated. They're one and oh, and you don't have to worry about what's going to happen. So we're going to hear some voicemails throughout the episode, guys. And this is kind of something new we're going to do. We're going to hear voicemails throughout the episode and then the end of the episode Whatever we don't touch on from your episodes, if you have a question or if you have a take, whatever we don't touch on, we're going to touch on it. Then we're going to, I'm calling kind of the voicemail roundup. Uh, so we'll do that towards the end of the episode. And then uh, here we got our takeaways. This is new for this season. James and I each have two takeaways from the game. We're not going to limit ourselves that it has to be one defense, one offense. It's whatever takeaways we have. We're going to play those takeaways for you. We're going to talk about them and we're going to try to dive into this thing just a little bit more. Uh, but first, we're going to open up segment one of today's episode with press conference information, of course, coming out of this game. I mean, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of, of things about this game, James, that we have to talk about. But one of the biggest ones is health, right? They came into week one already missing Jordan Whitehead uh, because of the injury that he's he's dealing with. Mike Edwards had a fill-in for him. So when Sean Murphy Bunting goes down, not only are you missing your starting outside, uh, one of your starting outside defenders, but you're also missing now your starting nickel. He usually moves inside when Jamel Dean comes onto the field in that nickel package. And now Mike Edwards, your top replacement as a nickel is, is now playing elsewhere. So that's why Ross Cockrell steps in and just, it's a domino effect, right? Well, uh, Bruce Arians was asked about those injuries. And uh, so here's Bruce with those updates. Yeah. I am waiting, hopefully, hopefully for some good news, but we don't have it yet. You know, uh, the, the x-rays came back negative at the stadium, but uh, you know, he did dislocate it, but uh, we've just got to wait and see now. And uh, really have nothing to report time-wise yet, for, but yeah. uh, we got our fingers crossed. Uh, just want to ask you with the, the 10 days till the next game, if you knew what your reasonable chances were to get Jordan Whitehead back for, for week two. He's looking really, really good. It's, it's 
probably about 90% right now. Um, hopefully we can get him back with these three more days and have him practice the next week. If you had him back, Bruce, would that give you flexibility to consider using Mike Edwards at all at nickel, or is that not part of the plan? Uh, yeah, we got it gives us great flexibility. Antoine's played it, and you know, Mike's played it. So it gives us real good flexibility to interchange those guys a little bit more and um and, and still have Ross on the field too. So yeah, it gives us it gives us a lot more flexibility. We were thin real fast last night. All right. Again, that was head coach Bruce Arians talking about some of the injury issues and David, call me crazy, but I feel a little optimistic about the status of Sean Murphy bunting. You know, as, as you heard Bruce say, they're waiting on more tests. We haven't heard anything further about that, but the x-rays were negative. And then Sean Murphy bunting was out there tweeting saying, you know, I'm going to be back real soon. Like he seems optimistic. He seems like he feels like he can go. So maybe it looked worse than it is because that injury looked real bad i mean it looked gross uh but you know appearances can be deceiving i guess so i am optimistic that we're going to get sean murphy bunting back sooner rather than later and if jordan whitehead comes back this week against the atlanta falcons that does give them some much needed flexibility adds a little bit more depth to as you heard bruce talking about an already thin secondary so both of those i think are are good news yeah i mean at the end of the day the fact that it was dislocated and it's not a broken arm, at least, you know, from the x-rays, like I said, the x-rays came back negative. So there's not a break. There's, it was a dislocation. You know, now the question is soft tissue damage, tendons and all that stuff. And that's where, you know, we're going to have to wait a little bit to find out. And, you know, I, I saw Sean's tweets and, you know, part of me wants to take it as good news that he kind of already knows a little bit of something that's not maybe official or public knowledge. Um, part of me is it's a young guy basically trying to keep his spirits up. It could be either one, to be quite honest with you. But I'm going to choose to be optimistic until there's a reason not to be optimistic. You know what I mean? But uh, watching the replay, as much as you don't like watching that kind of stuff, you know, at first, James, I thought it was a break. I was like, he just broke his arm. And it, that was live. Like, while the play was happening, I saw him land. I saw a touchdown. And I literally said to myself, Sean Murphy Bunting just broke his arm. Like, you know, and I don't want to say I panicked, but I was like, this is pretty much terrible. Um and then as the replays were going, I was like, wow, that's that's a pretty pretty clean 90-degree turn from the joint. You know what I mean? So, again, and, and I'm not a doctor. I've just been fortunate or unfortunate, however you want to put it, to be around a lot of uh, limb injuries in, in my life. Um, so that's kind of what I was thinking as well. So hopefully all that optimism turns out to be true and we can get Sean Murphy Bunting back on the field sooner rather than later. Obviously having this 10-day break between the first game and the second uh, is a benefit and then yeah jordan whitehead again using that pseudo buy can get back on the field as well then this troubling lack of depth in the secondary suddenly becomes a little bit better and it's a little bit less of something we can worry about uh james that's kind of a topic that we're, we're gonna, so we're not going to talk directly about the injury from our takeaways but we're going to move into our takeaways here in the next segment but before we do that i want to go ahead we got a little bit more time so i want to throw in another voicemail Again, ever since last season, our listeners have been great. You guys, Bucks fans, have been great about communicating with us, reaching out, interacting with the show. We greatly appreciate it, so we want to get as many as we can. Um, and here's a voice that we haven't heard a whole lot from over the summer, which we get we and we totally understand. But here is Leighton, our, our buddy out in uh, Tampa. Hey, guys, Leighton in Tampa. Just wanted to say it was an amazing uh, ceremony prior to the game. Um, don't know what you guys saw on t television, but for those of us in the stadium, it was it was great. Um, it was nicely done. Obviously, in the era that we're in with COVID and everything, things are a little probably different than they would have been in the past. But 
still was good. Um, good win, close game. As you guys have been talking about, there are some things that need to be corrected, but I'm sure they will be corrected. Um, and I'm hearing things on different programs and things about SMB. Um, if he's out or, you know, the usefulness when he's in as far as the slot. And my take on that is that, you know, he's, he's still a young player, getting better, um, and he gets, as long as he's in the film room meeting with coaches, he does get better and he does do what he needs to do. So hopefully he won't be out too long. Uh, I know as of right now they're still waiting on an MRI, and hopefully uh, we'll get some good news here shortly. Anyway, you guys have a great weekend, and um, go Bucks. Football season is back. Let's make the most of it with a better way to create your custom pool at runyourpool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. Run Your Pool makes it ridiculously easy to run a football pool with friends, family, or office mates. They offer dozens of formats, including Survivor, Pick'em Squares, Margin, Confidence Pools, 33, and more. Run Your Pool hosts formats for NFL and college football with one-week games, full season, playoffs, or the Super Bowl. Unlike other fantasy sports platforms, Run Your Pool has options and settings to make it your own. You can even brand your pool for your local business, bar, or restaurant. Reconnect with friends and join nearly 2 million football fans to make every game action-packed this season. Check out Run Your Pool today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com forward slash locked on or use our promo code locked on at checkout. Anywhere, everywhere in the world, Run Your Pool helps friends and colleagues compete. The NFL season starts September 9th. Run your start today at runyourpool.com forward slash locked on and have your pool up and running in minutes. Runyourpool.com slash locked on. What's up, boys? This is Steven from Alabama. I'm sure you're going to get a billion calls after tonight's game. That was uh, quite the way to open the season, quite the nail-biter. Um, I think we all agree. Don't have to say it for the fourth time probably by the time you listen to this voicemail. That game should not have been that close. We kept Dallas in way too many times. Um, I hope people aren't too hard on Godwin. That hit, that knocked the ball out. I mean, that was like a classic Jordan Whitehead hit. What are you going to do? Um, it sucks. It shouldn't have been that hard, but there was, there was a couple other really huge miscues that we, that were just kind of unacceptable. But I'd say silver lining is, um, Tom looks freaking incredible. I mean, it's too bad he can't also catch and run the ball too. And, uh, Gronk looked awesome. I mean, he had some incredible catches tonight. So he might be a problem for teams, uh, coming up more, way more so than he was. Uh, last season and, and AB, oh my gosh, yeah. Um, I think if we get our stuff together, this, this offense does, I can see it. I can see the, uh, the buzzsaw that it's becoming, but yeah, we gotta fix the mis- miscues. Um, interested to hear what you guys, uh, took away from the game. Y'all stay safe. Bye. Back now for segment two here at the Locked On Bucks podcast, our day after takeaways episode and again i know that sounds weird because it's it's been a little while right since since the buccaneers actually played football uh but that is how the thursday schedule is going to work here so hearing from some fans during during the episode here but there we're going to get into our takeaways james and we each have two takeaways from this game that we're going to talk about and you sir are up 
first. So go ahead and give the good people your first takeaway from the Buccaneers week one win over the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, my my first big takeaway from this game is that the Bucs have the talent to overcome mistakes and defensive issues. Cornette swings in motion, empty backfield now for Brady. Third down, six need to reach the five. To move the sticks. Here's the snap to Brady. They send a safety blitz. Gets about a caught ball. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Gronkowski again. Fire the cannons. Uh, I can tell you what, they, Brady had this one coming. He knew exactly what they were doing. They act like they're going to go man-to-man on Gronkowski. They got a wide rusher, so Gronkowski sets up the guy that's covering a man. He sets out to Lawrence. As soon as the blitzer came, he went straight up the field. Brady just baited him and threw an easy touchdown. And the reason that I, I wanted to go with that clip, courtesy of the Buccaneers radio network, Gene Deckerhoff, of course, on the call, is you know that was a, a moment where Brady checks because he sees the blitz coming. Gronk is supposed to block, but once he has, I, I can't remember, I believe it was Parsons, come in on the blitz, Gronk abandons his job of blocking, runs up the seam, and Brady hits him perfectly, and that was something that they communicated on, and, and they knew what the other was thinking, that as soon as Gronk was one-on-one, that was going to be a pass to him. And you know, we saw plenty of, of defensive issues. We saw a lot of penalties. You know, we saw problems. But, David, we've talked about it all offseason, how talented this roster is. So when you see those mistakes and you see those problems, the Bucks are still able to overcome it. This is a game that they would have lost two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. And instead, they became the first team in NFL history to give up over 400 yards of offense, have over 100 yards in penalties, and you know, still go on to win the oh lose the turnover margin by three or more and go on to win the game. It, it was just it was unbelievably impressive. They did not bring their A game, but they still have the talent to overcome. Yeah, no, I mean they absolutely do. And something real quick uh, that I add, that I mentioned on the live locked on NFL Sunday show uh, that we plugged there in the beginning of the episode. Uh, when I was on it this past weekend was the fact that this is now eight straight games going back to last season in the postseason that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have scored 30 or more points. And and to me, I don't know if that's a record or if there's a record, but to me, just the fact that this offense um, can has scored 30 straight games and you're talking about playoff caliber teams for a good chunk of those those games um, for, for eight straight games, that is an entire half a season where you're averaging 30 points or more. That's that's absolutely amazing. So good takeaway there from you, James. Takeaway two, my first takeaway, Tom Brady to Antonio Brown is real. And yes, you're allowed to enjoy it. Quickly, on tempo, looks up, he'll throw the ball down. He'll got a receiver in the area. Caught ball. Touchdown, Tampa Bay, Antonio Brown. What an answer by Brady in the box. That really a tremendous play. Brady under pressure initially steps up. There's no defender in front of him. He has plenty of time, and then he finds Antonio Brown, who's, who's open by about three steps, and delivered a strike all the way down the field, put it in a good spot, and Brown, Brown makes the catch for a touchdown. Antonio Brown, I mentioned it twice in the first quarter, has always played well on Thursday nights. All right, so uh, again, that that call courtesy of the Buccaneers Radio Network, Gene Deckerhoff there on the call. So 
Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, I mean, when they met to, met last year, first of all, that play, uh, Tom Brady, you know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers down 16-14, their first deficit of the new season, and it lasted all of 38 seconds. That's how long the Dallas Cowboys had the lead there in the first half. 47 yards, Tom Brady to Antonio Brown for a touchdown. Regained the lead 21-16. That's what they would go into into the half. And, I mean, James, you look at it again, and we look at a Green Bay the Green Bay Packers game from the postseason, right? You that you have that big strike touchdown to Scotty Miller towards the end of that first half, and then you have a game that ends up a little bit closer than maybe everybody wanted it to. So you kind of point to some of these huge plays, these big chunk plays, and their ability to get those yards as the reason they win some of these close games. And here is another one, but but you kind of get into the deeper layers of it. And I mean, you look at the final stat line: five catches, 121 yards, and the, and that 47 yard touchdown on seven targets. So I mean. Part of this tandem of you had one receiver in Antonio who led the team in receiving yards. Chris led the team in receive in, in receptions, and then Rob Gronkowski led the team in touchdown catches. So you have three different guys lead three different categories in the receiving game. Amazing amount of weapons. And oh, by the way, Mike Evans there as a reserve. You know what I mean? Weapon in case you need him in a, in a clutch moment. So the conversation is this: Can people enjoy? Can fans celebrate Antonio Brown and not feel guilty? because of his past. I will say that, yes, I, I think absolutely you can, because in this world, any people deserve second chances. Now, some people deserve them more than others, and, and I will I will get that and, and, and all that stuff. And some people believe that Antonio Brown, with what he's done, shouldn't even be allowed to play in the NFL. And if you believe that, I get it. If you're waiting on the NFL to become the moral beacon for our society, I think you're going to be waiting for a long while. So what I would say is kind of the same thing I said about Kareem Hunt. If Antonio Brown is going to be allowed to play in the NFL and get more chances to show that he can be an effective member of the organization as a whole of the league, why not with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Why not with a quarterback who is known for leading players? Why not in an organization that has a no-nonsense no policy that we have faith in that if Antonio, if it got reported tomorrow that AB was involved in another kerfuffle, that this team would be good on their word and cut him loose? Why not that team? Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And look, I get it. People are going to be irritated that, you know, Antonio Brown is being praised because of the the rap sheet that he has and the turmoil that he puts some teams through. What was that now like 2 years ago? But look, you can't run through that list of stuff every single game. You can't expect the broadcasters the very first time that he touches the ball to say, you know, Antonio Brown with the reception for 14 yards, by the way, Antonio Brown torpedoed the Pittsburgh Steelers and forced his way out of there and then went to the Raiders and froze his feet off and, you know, forced his way out of there. And then he went to the Patriot. you like, you can't do that every time. Eventually you have to just kind of move on. People that watch football understand what happened. Okay, you don't need to run through it every single time. They eventually stop doing it with Kareem Hunt. They eventually stop doing it with Michael Vick. At some point, they they stop doing it with Jameis Winston. At some point, you have to let it go. Whether you agree with it personally or not, that's just the way that it is. David, my uh, my second takeaway is that this secondary, they still have a lot of room to grow in, in the 2021 NFL season. The snap on first down, dropping Prescott, throwing Prescott to the left, a caught ball, inbounds, yes, and a flag has been thrown. Maybe a necessary roughness as the catch was made by Michael Gallup. 
The flag thrown by the side judge way down the field around the 40-yard line. What did he see? It was man-on-man. -man. I mean, the defender popped the yeah, receiver. I think, I think they're going to probably call Jamel Dean for defensive holding, but I would imagine they're going to decline it. You know, the catch would be good for a first down, but the what happens is the officials stop play with a penalty, so they don't have to spend a timeout. A minute 54 to go. That play took six seconds. Well, our defense needs a breather, too. There were two fouls on the play, both by number 35, and both will be enforced. Pass interference, the ball will be placed at the spot of the foul. It was also personal foul face mask, which was the pass interference. This 15-yard penalty will be added to the spot of the interference and an automatic first down. Well, that's like a turnover. That's like a turnover. Multiple penalties on a Buccaneer defender, and the Cowboys are going to be in business inside Buck territory at the Tampa Bay Buccaneer 36-yard line. Good golly. Now, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, and this play was chosen even though the face mask was a ridiculous call. He never grabbed the face mask. Also, I don't know how you can enforce a face mask as a pass interference on top of a pass interference. Like, I don't know how that works exactly. No. But it's just an example of... The fact that the Cowboys were picking on Jamel Dean all night, he was not playing up to the level that we've seen him play. Once Sean Murphy Bunting went out, the Cowboys hyper-targeted Jamel Dean because it was working. Now, we've seen Jamel Dean play a lot better. We've seen Carlton Davis play better, even though he had a pretty solid game. We've seen Antoine Winfield Jr., who was he was pretty quiet all night long. We've seen all those guys play better. So something needs to happen to be able to get these guys back up to how they were playing at the end of 2020. And I realized the Dallas passing attack was so smart and how quick they were getting the ball out of Dak Prescott's hands, neutralizing the pass rush, using those quick routes, those short routes, the yards after catch by guys like CD lamb. It was a really great game plan, but if you're going to puff out your chest and talk about how you're the grave diggers after you know proving everybody wrong in 2020, you have to do a better job of stopping opposing wide receivers because Dak threw for over 400 on you and he really wasn't going deep. It was a lot of short intermediate throws, quick passes. The defense, the, the secondary has got to improve. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for the for the penalty, what I think it is, is because one of them is a common foul, which is the DPI. One of them is a personal foul, which is the face mask. So I think that's why. They can package them and, you know, don't quote me on that, but I believe that's why you can package them. Something else that you can package though, James, is your television programming because a lot of people have one device that lets you catch a game live. Another lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. But I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Something else that you can package together is all the delicious flavors of built bar coconut cherry coconut almond raspberry mint brownie peanut butter brownie double chocolate salted caramel there's something for everyone and if you order yourself a mixed box you're going to get two of each of those flavors not only are they the best tasting protein bar but they are good for you the flavors 17 to 18 grams of protein 130 to 180 calories four to five grams of sugar four to five grams of net 
carbs. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. What up, James and David? It's Kevin. Uh, it's about 6 a.m. following the game. I want to offer you my three quick observations. Observation number one. The officiating was wildly inconsistent. I'm not attributing the game or the outcome of the game to the officiating. You know, bad officiating is something people just have to plan for and accept. But this was just absurd. Uh, James, you had the tweet of the night. If the face mask was the DPI and there was no face mask, there was no DPI. Exactly. Observation number two. A lot of the things that uh, plagued the Bucks and I didn't think we'll get ironed out in time, specifically concentration. Um, one thing that will be lost is that the Bucks are in the process of salting the game away when Chris Godwin fumbled on the two. Um, they would have gone up two scores. Um, it would have been tough for them to overcome it. That will, I think, get better in time, and that will clear things out. And that leads to my last point, and that is um, this team showed tremendous poise tonight. Um, it's, I think it's a huge win organizationally, and you know I hate to use this word because I've never been in an NFL locker room, so I can't really speak to it. But you know, culturally, or just you know, as a group, you can't go through something like that, experience that collective joy, and not realize that hey, if we rely on one another, if we stay calm and stay focused and trust in ourselves, we'll be able to get through anything. I look forward to a great season with you guys. Take care. Appreciate all you do. Bye. Wrapping things up here on a Monday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast, James Yarko, David Harrison. David, we are going to kick it over to you for your fourth takeaway here, or our fourth takeaway, your second takeaway. I can almost talk. <laughs> All right. My fourth takeaway is Vita Vea is the best nose tackle in the NFL. First down 10 at the 36-yard line. Bucks lead 28-26, 2.30 left in the fourth quarter. Prescott takes the snap. Drops back to throw. Under Pete. It's hit by Vita Vey, and the pass sails low. Bucks scoop it up. Was it a fumble? I think they're going to say into the end zone goes the Buccaneer defender. Yeah, but Vita Vea just blew up that play. All right. Now, what Gene was trying to say is that Dak was under pressure, but it happened so quickly that he couldn't even get the words out. All right. Because that's how quickly Vita Vea made Dak Prescott eat his own center on that play. And, and that was towards the end of the game. In the fourth quarter, it was like about two and a half minutes left uh, in the game, if I remember correctly. And that's not the only time that Vita Vea, you know, literally, I mean, again, there's there's the old offensive line saying or defensive line saying, I can't remember who the exact coach was, but it's basically saying there's nothing better. There's no better feeling in the world than taking a grown man and moving him from point A to point B against his will. And Vita Vea did that all night long. I mean, statistically, James, uh, basically, if anybody that listens to this program or anybody out there, stat scouts which we always preach against right they're going to say Vita Vea was a non-existent factor in this game because uh zero tackles uh zero sacks um zero pass deflections so zero stats for Vita Vea but that man was moving bodies all night long and, and I'm telling you right now without Vita Vea uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers may very well lose that game yeah Vita Vea has been the best nose tackle in the league basically since his first game he's absolutely incredible i mean imagine you're an offensive lineman in the nfl you weigh like what 355 pounds whatever it is and you get ragdolled like you're a 14 year old by a, a grown man on the other side like that's that's unreal vita vea is so good and we dove into it last year david the difference in shaq barrett when Vita Vey is on the field versus when Vita Vey is off the field, I mean, the team as a whole, the pass rush is so much better when Vea is out there on the field. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I'm i not going to disagree with you here. 
Real quick, want to say thank you to all of those that called in. We had Matt from West Australia. Matt, please continue to call. That was awesome. We appreciate it. Yeah, we need more Australia on this show. I'm just saying that. We need more Australia. Yeah, no, no doubt at all. And and David, somebody did tweet in uh, about how people don't talk about Vita Vea enough. We are going to talk about Vita Vea all the time. All the time. Because he is so good. Uh, something that's not so good is the Green Bay Packers. Yikes. Uh, more of our caller. Jordan Love in at quarterback, by the way. Yeah. Oh, man. Are the Packers really this bad? Or is Aaron Rodgers just like, you know what? I'm going to torpedo your whole team because I'm just I'm uh, sick of it. I don't know because he's missed some really, really, like, for Aaron Rodgers, easy passes. For me, impossible passes. But for him, like, these are not passes that Aaron Rodgers misses. So I, I, I don't know. Maybe... Look, maybe he's just trying to get his Jeopardy career started early. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. Anyway, Leighton in Tampa, thank you for for calling in. Uh, Amazing ceremony for those who got to see it. And uh, don't worry, Leighton. I think Sean Murphy Bunting is going to come back sooner rather than later. Steven in Alabama, yeah. I mean, the the issues were that the Bucs did keep Dallas in the game by a lot of their mistakes, but they didn't. They the Bucs played their C game. Dallas played their A game, and the Bucs came out with the win. That was uh, that was big. And finally, Kevin, uh, I always appreciate when you call in and agree with things that I tweet about. So thank you for I that. <laughs> I do want to say something, though, real quick about Steven's call about Chris Godwin. So, yeah, uh, we didn't really talk about Chris Godwin at all in this in this episode. And, and you know, that's that's actually pretty rare uh, for us, especially when he does put up, you know, a sat line again. He, he led the team in receptions, nine catches, 105 yards and a touchdown. And yeah, he had that fumble and the fumble. You know, it's hard to get mad at a guy when the fumble comes because you're trying to make a play for your team. It's not, you know, like he was just being reckless or whatever. Like he's trying to make a play for his team. I think in the future, Chris, you know, and again, I don't know, but I feel like this is kind of one of those teaching moments where in the future, Chris might say mentally in the moment, like, you know what? Preserve the field position, live to play another snap type of type of type of deal. Right. But he's a young guy, still a young receiver. Always appreciate, you know, the, the effort. But then on that, listen, on that game-winning drive, though, I think Chris Godwin more than made up for it because, again, the team wins. They get put in position to to win the game, and Chris Godwin was a big part of that. So while it doesn't bring the supposed or potential touchdown back, it does kind of because you kind of go from, oh, no, we might lose this game to, oh, yes, we're going to win. And Chris Godwin was a part of both of those. So for, to me, it kind of evens out. Yeah, absolutely. I, and, you know, it, it was his shot at redemption. You know how badly he wanted that ball and, and to uh, – put his team in a position to win. And that's not something we're going to see out of Chris Godwin very often. So it was, it was nice to see him be able to bounce back from that. We do potentially have a very special guest coming up on tomorrow's episode, but until then check out everything David and I are doing over at bucksnation.com. Send us your emails to locked on bucks podcast at gmail.com. Give us a call at 813-444-5888. For one, follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to each other. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at LockedOnBucks.